Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. I am your host, Lana Reed. Today, I get to spend some time with the lovely Miss Celeste Gonzalez, Gonzalez, a native of Hawaii who strongly believes in giving back to the community, especially targeting underprivileged and underserved youth and teens in her home state of Hawaii. Making a difference and guiding preteens and teenagers to make wise choices are what she is truly passionate about. And today, she's here to discuss her book, Teen Wise. And I'm so glad to have her here with us on the show. Miss Celeste, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show, Lana. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out uh, with me. I always appreciate any time that anybody gives me because I know you could be doing a multitude of other things. So I appreciate you giving some time and energy to me today. How are things in Hawaii? Oh, great. It's a little chilly, but to Hawaii standards. <laughs> oh, it, it gets chilly in Hawaii. I thought that was like L.A. It was always sunny. It's like 75 degrees right now. It's very cold. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some people in the world would think 75 is rather warm, dear. (laughs) I know. (laughs) People laugh at us Hawaiians over here. (laughs) Yeah, too funny, too funny. Uh, But you still have on your shorts and the windows are open, though. But if I go outside, I have to grab a jacket. The air ah. has a in it. <laughs> ah, too funny. Classic, classic. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, get going here on uh, your book, Team Wise. we got a lot of ground to cover, and I want to make sure I get it all in. Um, like I mentioned in the opening, your book is geared towards preteens and teens, and you know, I know from experience that's a very difficult audience to deal with because, you know, these teenagers, they swear up and down, you know, adults don't understand, you know, what's going on. They don't understand how I feel. Um, do you think that today, in 2014, the the issues, the challenges that preteens and teenagers face are very different than maybe our generation, the challenges that they had to face, that we had to face? I think that the generation right now is faced with, harder um, harder challenges, but because of the technology world and the media and everything is so instant, they have more to deal with because whatever they do or whatever choices they make can become known worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a real challenge and something that they would have adapted to, whereas when the um, generation that we grew up in, we wouldn't have that challenge. I mean, if we did something or we made an unfavorable choice, you know, it wouldn't be posted on Facebook or your picture wouldn't be plastered everywhere. It would be more of a private, um, isolated situation. But the drug, you know, the, the different types of drugs that are available now, you know, illegal street drugs are, you know, you know, it's very much more intent in, you know, the last, the, like say ten years than mm-hmm. it was, you know, in the seventies and eighties. Although in the seventies and eighties, you know, we did think that we had really bad drugs then, and then mm-hmm. they start creating their own, right, making their own drugs, and then that's a whole, uh, you know, another level. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're they're very. It's it's very um, difficult for them to navigate. To yeah, I I've always been concerned. Um, 
you know, I watch the growth and development of, like you said, with technology and the social media. And one of the consequences that we face now is um, this whole emergence of like cyber bullying. And the kids don't really, you know, you used to walk down the hallway and you have a bully push you or, you know, ask you for your lunch money. But it's kind of like on a whole new level now that kids have to deal with because they can post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of these, you know, nasty, negative, you know, kind of permanent effect type um, yes, things to other people. Word. Yeah, and it doesn't go away. Exactly. It, it doesn't go away and it reaches such a larger, you know, audience. It's like, you know, now the whole school or, you know, the whole neighborhood can possibly see these things, whereas it used to be more of a, a one-to-one experience with the bully and the person that was being bullied or, you know, mistreated or something like that. So, you know, I think, and, and, you know, that's the thing that I think when we're dealing with preteens and teenagers, mentally they're not evolved enough yet to know like the long-term consequences of their their actions you know so um yeah i think that's kind of one of the the drawbacks that we do have today with uh kids and this this social media access is one access it's a wonderful thing but we do have some consequences um and i think this leads me into the next question that i do have for you that your book it talks it talks about helping preteens and teens develop cognitive reasoning skills and for the lay person out there um i happen to be in the field so i understand but for the lay person out there can you explain what exactly are cognitive uh, reasoning skills well basically it helps them to develop um their brain to understand that their choices do have consequences so when they're in a situation um maybe like the examples illustrated in the book or maybe one similar to it and they read through the answer choices and understand what the probable consequence or benefit may be as a result of making that particular choice, then they would understand that, okay, I have a little bit of experience with this situation, so they could best evaluate and come up with a decision that would best benefit them. So it's just about more like, it's more or less like building experience in the mind instead of having the mindset that, I can do anything and nothing's going to happen to me. I'm invincible. You know, mm-hmm. if I did this once, nothing, there's no ramifications for me. No, no, no. Well, that's not really, that's, we all know as, you know, grown up that that's not mm-hmm. the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. So if we as adults rewind ourselves from our, our, our um, life experience that we've had, you know, we're lucky that, you know, we, we lived a long time, so we understand these things. And getting back to the media and the bullying, you know, a lot of times, I just want to refer back to that really quickly, is that, you know, um, a lot of times when these preteens and teenagers go to the grown-ups on campus or the principals or the teachers and tell them, you know, this is what I'm going through and it's really hurtful to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes their, their response to them is, well, just get over it. You'll be wow. fine. Because wow. that's their... That, that's their that's their life experience, and True. they know that over time it would fade, and then the people and the bullies will go on to the next person. But to that particular teen or pre-teenager, that's not in their scope because they don't have prior knowledge or prior experience with that. Mm-hmm. So they think mm-hmm. that their life is just doomed, mm-hmm. and then you, and then you add on whatever their life, um, their household, you know, their home environment is. If it's not so great, if they're not getting the support and nurturing and basic needs met, 
then that's when their self-esteem is really low and then this all negativity coming at them in every single direction, then that's where the suicide rate is higher, you know, the drug mm-hmm. rate and everything because they don't know what to do with all of that. So they need to get out of it. And they gotcha. just have to escape to do it. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up as well. If you didn't mind, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. And, and you know, that brings up, you know, uh, a good point, you know, because as adults, we understand that tomorrow does come. It does get better later on down the line. But that kid, that preteen, that teen is living so in the moment that I don't know that tomorrow is coming, that better is around the corner. And, you know, it kind of makes me reflect on and think of, you know, some of the issues that we're seeing consistently in today's world with teenagers. You know, we're quite often now, it seems like we're seeing, you know, these kids going into schools and, and, and doing some serious bodily harm to, um, you know, their other schoolmates because they felt slighted or, you know, they're having some some interpersonal uh, problems with other kids in the school and you know it's like they don't have that that understanding or that scope that this is temporary these feelings you know it will pass you know and tomorrow will be better and you know I think that was you know a good point that you brought up there that you know they just don't have that understanding yet that like we do as adults that this is just a temporary this is a temporary moment and tomorrow will be better yeah exactly so your book teen wise um what made you write it? Well, the idea came very organically, just having a you know a heart-to-heart conversation with one of my best friends at the time. Mm-hmm. She was going through a challenge with her son. He was 16 years old, working in a fast food establishment, and he was very um, frustrated with a co-worker of his. Mm-hmm. He found her to be unethical, you know, didn't do her job right, talked story, so he was so frustrated one day that he just decided to leave and quit. He just punched oh. the clock out. Yeah, walked out. <laughs> Didn't tell nobody what he was doing. Went home. And his mom, of course, is like, you did what? Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So she explained it to me, right? And I said, well, why did he do that? Does he understand mm-hmm. that he's the one without a job? Yeah, and he's, she's the one without the job reference, and, <laughs> and the coworker still has her job, and That's... she's still getting paid, and like, yes. w- w- what's going on here? And she's like, Celeste, they don't understand that mm-hmm. their choices, they have consequences. And I said, well, well, don't you think somebody should tell them? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, yeah. I said, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm going to do. And that's, that's how, what happened. I sat on my computer, and I wrote up the first example. And it's in the chapter seven under the eleventh grade because that's he was in eleventh grade, and it's titled you know uh, job challenge uh, on a professional coworker, and I just wrote it out, and then everything else evolved from there. The, the name came like what is my purpose? You know, okay, uh-huh. well I would like to instill wisdom in teenagers, so that's where Teen Wise came about, uh-huh. and then it just evolved, and then the concept. I said, well, what is it that I really want them to do? I want them to learn how to strategize for themselves and what is the overall goal. So that's why I came up with self-serving strategies. But I clearly define it in the book where it's, you know, coming up with the best possible decision or choice for yourself without hurting anybody in the process. So it's not an indication of giving a teenager permission to be selfish. Mm. It's about understanding. Standing in any in any situation, you can evaluate it and make the best possible choice for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the overall goal, of course, is to, of 
acquire the power of self-definition. Once these preteens and teenagers learn and understand that they have the power within themselves to self-define who they are today and who they want to become tomorrow, their whole life, cognitive, you know, their cognitive focus, everything would shift and change because they would have their purpose and their focus and their goals and then how to get there. What's the steps to get there? What's your path that you're going to take? So that's that, basically what I cover in the in book and in the workbook. Okay, okay. An actual an actionable plan. You know, most of us, you know, venture out on these things and we don't have a plan and wonder why we're never getting anywhere. So it seems like you've created a this is the problem and these are the solutions and this is how we get here type of environment for preteens and teenagers to navigate through those tricky years for them. So um that's cool. I'm just curious, did um the young man did he find another job and and grow better from that experience? Yes, he did. He's he's a grown up now. He's twenty five now. And, oh, you know, okay. This, child okay. Now. Yeah, this is this was a this is in two thousand and three when I first got the idea. Okay, so I guess now he he understands that now he can't let somebody else affect his income and the rent over yes, it. He has, yes, food he has on his table and stuff like family, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> he learned the hard way, but yes, he understands it now. Okay, and also with your book there's like a workbook too it's not just a, a reading it's actual activities that the teenagers have to do correct yeah well it's activities based on the examples that are written in the main book so when they go through the each of the examples and they learn what the choices are and what the consequences are then they then have an opportunity to open the workbook and see answer the questions how they would if they were in that specific situation or maybe they were in a in that situation and what choice did they make and what would they do differently now learning this new concept. Okay, okay. All righty, we're going to take a a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk some more about all the stuff in TeenWise, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today I am with the wonderful Miss Celeste, author of the book Teen Wise. She's sending us a big aloha from 75 degrees in Hawaii. And uh, <laughs> before the break, we were talking about her book. Now, if I understand the book correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it's broken up into chapters like um, for the ages of the, it, it goes from sixth grade up to, to 11th grade. Is that correct? Sixth grade to twelfth grade. Sixth grade to twelfth grade. Okay. So, have you found that the issues um, are very different in high school that um, a, a fourteen-year-old has to deal with versus a seventeen-year-old? Yes. Yeah, they are different, and the challenges become greater as okay. they do get older because then they're faced with. And a seventeen-year-old would be faced with more like. Um, you know, life choices, not just life choices, excuse me, but um, career choices, what they're going to okay. do out of high school, the pressure, SAT testing, driving, like, you know, learning how to drive. They have a lot of different things that they're going to be exposed to, and they're going to need to learn how to make the right choices so that, you know, they can end up being where they want to be. You know, okay. you get their license, and then they could do things that are, you know, Driving with your friends. Exactly, yeah. Okay, 
Okay. And as a okay. 14-year-old, you're in ninth grade. You're coming in. You're just you're, you're fresh. You're green. You're, <laughs> you're full of excitement and hope. You have no idea really what you're getting into, <laughs> how hard it's going to be yet. So you're kind of like open to anything, you know, and it's yeah. like, whoa, this ain't so easy. <laughs> Very impressionable. I've seen many freshman year, first uh, freshmen's first day of high school, and they're just like, wow, you know, ooh, look a senior. And, you know, so it is, you know, they're very yeah. green and, and very impressionable. I mean, it, it doesn't take much for them to, you know, try to be cool like somebody who might yes. not be the one that they need to be following behind. So it's very important to have, you know, some tools like this in place so that we can kind of guide them along the correct path because it's so easy for an impressionable you to kind of get distracted and, and, and misguided. So, um, you know, very, very good stuff that you have here. One of the topics that you, you address in your book is um, friendships and romantic relationships. And the teenage years are very difficult when it comes to this. You know, you've got your hormones, hormones, they're starting to kick in. And, you know, the whole girl boy thing is really starting to, you know, kind of solidify itself in your mind here. Um, why? Why is it so important at this age that um, teens, preteens and teens understand how to develop healthy relationships? Because it's the precursor for all their relationships to come in, you know, in in their adulthood. Mm -hmm. Whatever they decide or whatever they're attracting now in their life, if they don't recognize it and correct it, if they're involved in unhealthy relationships, then that tends to become the pattern throughout their life. Okay. So if they can recognize, if let's say, you know, two 15-year-olds are dating and the guy is exhibiting behaviors that are unhealthy in nature, you know, maybe he's possessive or controlling mm-hmm. or even hits her, mm. you know, it, it, and, and, you know, she doesn't quite understand, you know, and she decides to tolerate that kind of behavior based on whatever experience she's had. So maybe she's been taught within her household that that kind of behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And if that's, the, if that's the case, then she's more likely to tolerate it and not understand her self-worth and her self-esteem in that situation. Mm-hmm. So then once that happens and then she's then taught by default that, that he loves me, that's love. That's the definition mm-hmm. of love. And so that then turns into patterns throughout their life. But if they can understand it at that age and understand that, you know, this is not, you know, the life path that I want to be on. And gotcha. if they make the changes right then and there, they not only make it, you know, great for themselves and a, and a better lifestyle choice for their, them, but they also change the, the next generation. True. And that's what I was thinking. You know, it's so important that we get people to understand, especially at a young age, how um, we might be involved in some sort of dysfunctional generational cycles and if I can be the one or this preteen can be the one to say you know know what I'm going to have healthier romantic relationships I'm going to stop this right here because what I saw my parents do or my grandparents do my mind is telling me that's that's wrong so I'm going to stop this now so it's very important that um you know and and it, it I'm just thinking it sometimes it can be kind of tricky because when you have situations where children are exposed to dysfunctional romantic relationships they're not really talking to anybody about it it's not like they go to their teacher and say oh my my dad hits my mom so you don't get any feedback that that is actually a negative behavior sometimes which can also be trickier when it comes to you know, getting a teenager to make the necessary changes in their life. 
Yes, that's absolutely true. And it's because that's what they know. So mm-hmm. whatever they know is what they've learned. And when you learn something, you tend to practice it. True. So it becomes a vicious cycle. Yes, true, true. That's, that's so, true. So, um, away from the, um, apart from the romantic relationship, um, issue, if you were to give advice to, let's say, the parent of a 14 year old girl who has a habit of just picking the wrong friends, per se, you know, friends who are not, you know, taking an interest in school or, you know, maybe kind of experimenting with drugs or whatever, as a parent, how would you suggest they navigate away from or encourage their child to pick better friends or if not pick better friends to know that they don't need to hang out with this particular group of friends? The first thing that I would do as a and you know, I raised a child myself from mm-hmm. the time she was three months old mm-hmm. and she's 22 now and on her own graduated from college and, you know, is living her life now. Congrats. So, I I have experience in this area, and Mm -hmm. the first thing that I would do would be evaluate my child and Mm -hmm. her self-esteem, and what is it in her that is telling her, is telling, what is telling her that this is the group that you're worth being around? Mm -hmm. Why is it that you want to hang out with these people who are cutting class and doing drugs and, and, or even not going to school at all? You know, um... Try to understand, like, what's going on in her, in her mindset, that it's okay and that this is what she wants to be associated with. And even if she was to tell me, oh, well, Mom, just because I hang out with them, it doesn't mean that I'm smoking weed behind, you know, the bleachers, mm-hmm. you know, and the park. It just means that they're my friends. I like them. Mm-hmm. Well, And then I would just clearly outline, it doesn't matter if you're engaging in their activity or not. You are guilty by association. People are going to perceive you as you are doing that. So is that what you want for your life? And, and then just really just map out the goals. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're 14 right now. You're a freshman in high school. Where do you want to be when you graduate high school? Do you want to go? No, not do you want to go to college. <laughs> that's not the question. The question is which college would you like to go to? Okay. That I flipped that. Okay. It's not, do you want to go to school? So we don't have an option. It's just which option yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because my daughter's like, what do you mean? Oh, I have an option. I said, of course, you always have an option. She's like, well, what is my option? I said, you can choose which college you want to go to. You're going somewhere. I'm telling you that now. Yeah. Yeah. Not going is not an option. So uh-huh. basically, that's what I would do is try to understand and then, and then try to look for trigger points in her, try to look for areas that Maybe she needs help with maybe some counseling or something. But if you tell a teenager straight out, I don't like that friend. You're not hanging out with her anymore. It's not going to work. The idea has to come from them. And the way that it has to come from them is if they can refocus their vision and their purpose onto themselves and understand what they're doing now affects their tomorrow. And is that the kind of people that you want to be around? Are they... Do they bring value to your life? Are they going to help you make small steps to reach that big success that you want? 
Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, you bring up yeah. a, a point that I think a lot of parents, you know, the mistake that we make, but basically, you know, because nobody gives us a class in this stuff, we're kind of winging it halfway. Oh, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's we when, when we encounter these situations as a parent, we, we just want to, like, you know, put our foot down. And I said, no, you're not hanging out with, you know, Sarah anymore. But that doesn't resolve any of the problems, and it probably creates res- resentment and frustration, and it might make um, – a small fire into a very big fire instead of like using the tactics that you mentioned, you know, which would allow the child to evaluate the direction that I do want to go in life. And are these the people that I want to take with me when I do go this direction in life, you know? So, you know, um, I've always said, you know, somebody should really hand us a manual when, you know, we do become pregnant uh, because, you know, it's just so much stuff that, you know, you have to, you have to get right. And, you know, we don't always get it right. Yes, that's true, and that's why I decided the approach in my book is not lecturing. Mm-hmm. It's not telling them what to do. It's giving them information and hopefully having them become empowered to mm-hmm. make a choice so that they think it's coming from their own idea. Oh, that I don't want that in my life. That's not what I want to do. Instead of don't do drugs, don't get pregnant, you know, don't drink, go to school, don't cut class. You know, okay, yeah, sure, okay, I'm a robot. No, okay, I'm not going to do a new thing. It's, it's not reality. It, it, it doesn't happen. You know, yeah. if you really want your child to do something wrong, tell mm-hmm. them not to do it. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, that is just our default parenting style yeah. a lot of times. We just say, don't do this, don't do this. I said this, I said this, you're in my house, you should do it this way, yada, yada. But it doesn't really effectively nurture and grow um, an individual who's capable of making responsible decisions, you know, based on what they want out of life. You know, it's just like you said no, and why should I follow the rules? There's no reasoning behind it. Just because you said no, show me the reason. Show me the why. Show me the end result of making this choice that you want me to make. Yeah. Adele. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I am spending some time today with the author of Teen Wise, Miss Celeste. And before the commercial break, she was uh, giving us some tips on how we can uh, guide and direct the pathway of our teens and our preteens. Um, and in your book, you have this concept, uh, bounce. Can you explain what that is? Oh, Sure. You know, bounce, I incorporated bounce into TeenWise in the 11th hour. I actually created that for myself mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm walking in a room and people just automatically don't like me and they just talk about <laughs> me and they're just teasing me and stuff. And I'm just they like, would never do that. All I did was walk in like, excuse me, is it the way that I'm dressed? Is it the way that I look? Like, And so it used to kind of bother me. So uh-huh. then I decided, you know what, I'm going to protect myself with this invisible shield mm-hmm. and if I'm walking in a situation like that I'm just going to say oh I'm to myself in my head you know bounce in other mm-hmm. words any negativity any negative feedback or teasing or profa- profane language or anything like that comes my way I'm just going to have it bounce right off of my individual my um my shield 
so that no seepage can occur. So you can't hurt me mm-hmm. by putting off, uh, putting your own insecurities onto me. Because all I did was walk in the room, basically. So that's not on me. That's on the, per- that's the people, you. right? That is on you. So, that's on the other person, yeah, yes. Exactly. And when I was in my internship program at the uni- through the University of Hawaii with my bachelor's program, I actually taught the TeenWise class. They allowed me to teach my book in a class and get my college credit. Okay. Just before I graduated. And that was one of the, and I worked at a rough high school, one of the rougher high schools, high poverty, high drug rate, high pregnancy rate. And mm-hmm. that was one of the things that the kids, the students there really, um, liked. And the empowerment part about making choices and understanding that, they really caught on to that. But they really, they really love bounce and they would mm-hmm. come and tell me their bounce stories. Mm-hmm. Tell me, oh yeah, I use bounce. And, I said, so what happened? And they, oh, I felt really good about myself. I just, I said it to myself, and then, then I just walked away because I said exactly. And then, you know, you don't need to have a confrontation with the person or anything like that because that's already they're already showing you their level of communication. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to get anywhere with that. You just protect yourself and just go on with your life. And that's yeah. basically what they were telling me. But one quick story. <laughs> I guess because, you know, the environment that some of these kids were being raised in, you know, public housing and, uh-huh. you know, high-risk category kind of group. Well, one of the girls came back to class and said, oh, Miss Sylvester, you know, I was home and, you know, my dad was calling me names. You know, he was oh. telling me that I was stupid and I was this and I was that. And so mm-hmm. as I walked out of the room, I said, bounce. To my dad and I went mm. I was like oh, oh wait and I said oh really and she goes yeah I said uh, how did that go she said, well he thought I was getting wise with him so he told uh-huh. me watch out and I said oh well maybe you should say it to yourself and not I know yourself. right like you know because he's not going to understand the technique at all right and he's not going to want to hear any explanation right wait 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 exactly. dad wait wait dad hold on <laughs> That's a whole level of work, right? That's, that's a different level, yeah. So. Uh-huh. Too funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's a, a very important tool, you know, bounce, because we need to learn. It's And even as adults, it's a lesson that we struggle with. Not every comment, not every action, not every insult deserves a response from us. You know, just let it go and keep on moving because that person most likely is not worth your energy or your time a day. And that's a that's a valuable lesson to us at any age. So, you know, I think bounce is something that everybody needs to incorporate into their life. Yes, and, you know, just because, you know, I wrote the book and I created the concept doesn't mean that I, you know, kind of have a step back myself because real quick, um, you know, the night before I was graduating from college with my bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a long road because I had you know, got into an a car accident and I had to oh. only go to school part-time. And, you know, there's a long process for me to actually graduate. The night before my graduation, I went to check into the place where I was having my graduation party the next evening. And this lady was in there, and she just, again, didn't like me. But then she started calling me plastic. Wow. Oh, you're just plastic. You're just plastic. And I just, I didn't respond to her, and I just thought, wow, you know, that's, you don't even know me, and I'm plastic, that's, right? That's so, right, yeah. 
I left and I went home, and it, but it, I, I allowed it to bother me mm. all night long. And this is the night before I'm graduating from college after all these years of perseverance and hard work and trying to achieve my goal. And it bothered me, and I went to sleep, and it was still on my mind. I got up in the morning, and I told myself, still I stop. Mm-hmm. If, if a teenager came up to you and was going through this, what would you tell them? And I sure. said, oh, I would tell them to use bounce. So mm-hmm. then I said, oh, bounce in my head. And then I got ready, put my cap and gown on, went to the hall and got graduated and all that. And I was like, why did I even go there? But it was a lesson for me that, you know, you're not going to be perfect. You, you can learn yes. all the skills, but you're still going to slip up and then you're going to be reminded. Something is going to appear and you're going to be reminded, oh, I have prior knowledge. Yes. I can revert back to that. So, yes. yeah, I'm not... You know, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you have a tool bag now. You've assembled a tool yes. bag of things to help you get through things when you have your imperfect moments, you know. And I think that's one of the things with TeenWise is you're helping preteens and teenagers, you know, assemble their tool bag that will carry them throughout their life. Um, so they can deal with these trials and tribulations because, you know, although they might find a bully in their 10th grade high school year, you know, when they're on their job, you know, with a family, they're going to run into a bully in some sort of manner again, and they can pull out a tool from this book that they had. So I think the things that you're teaching are very valuable lifelong tools, not necessarily just for the preteen and teenager, but like I said, something that they're going to carry with them for a very long time. Yeah. It is, it is kind of sad to, well, not really sad, but, you know, a lot of these teenagers think that once they're out of high school, all of that stuff stops. Mm-mm. And it doesn't. It's in the workplace, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's everywhere. It's areas, exactly. Yeah, you're going to have a bully in your workplace. Your boss may be a bully. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. It's just I think that as adults, we develop the defense mechanisms, like exactly. I said, the tools to kind of get through those situations where we just weren't emotionally equipped for it when we were at a younger age. So, cool. Another thing that you talk about in your book is peer pressure, which I think is a very big, hot topic. You know, um, teens are so um, susceptible to peer pressure. Um, how do you suggest that teenagers manage, you know, the... Um, like like one of the instances we were saying earlier, I'm going to ditch school or, you know, hey, let's try to smoke this weed or, you know, um, I know I'm going to tell my mother that I'm sleeping over at your house, but I'm going to go out with this guy that she told me I can't see. I mean, how do you how do you deal with peer pressure? So basically, yeah, just reverting back to, you know, understanding who they are, where they want to be and who they want to associate with. But also understand, not just peer pressure, peer pressure also has, you know, different branches to it. Mm-hmm. So they can really feel uh, pressured in a peer-to-peer situation based on loyalty of the friendship. So that is also something that could trigger bad choices. So let's mm-hmm. say if this, the, let's say a preteen example, because we mm-hmm. use a lot of, uh, you know, teenagers in high school. So a seventh grader has a friend you know, from kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've known each other, you know, the year span longer than they've been alive, right? So they've known each other for six, six seven years, and they're, you know, 10, 11 years old. So, um, and they've known each other since kindergarten. And then next thing you know, in seventh grade, they notice that their friendship is changing or their friend has changed. Their, their behavior, they're not calling you back. They're kind of distant from you. 
And then one day you notice, oh, they're smoking cigarettes by, you know, the outside fence of the school ground. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, my goodness, my friend is smoking cigarettes. So, you know, you have choices, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, you can go and confront them and say, well, you're smoking cigarettes, you know. Uh, If you decide to continue to do that, then I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's a choice, and that's not going to work, but okay. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, okay, well, understand that, you know, that's the choices that they're making in their life, and you're pressured, right, to either go mm-hmm. along with them to, to continue the friendship or break away and, you know, realize your own self-esteem and understand that that's not what you want. And then the third choice would be, of course, just to just let it, let it slide and just go. Um, a lot of times the, the person that is deciding to engage in negative influences would be kind of aggressive, and say, well, this is my life, and I'm going to smoke cigarettes if I want to, and if you want to be my friend, then you, you need to smoke too. You know, uh-huh. that's not really a friend. That's just they're obviously being peer pressured by the within the group, right? Yes. So, yeah, peer pressure is really tough, but understanding, you know, where you come from and understanding where you want to go, but also another point that I like to make is their environment. What's their home life like? Mm-hmm. If, again, I know I mentioned this prior, but it really plays a key role in what their reactions will be in situations like this. If they're coming from a household that has the support, the love, the nurturing, their basic needs met, and they're not being abused in any mm-hmm. manner, emotionally, mm-hmm. y- y- we all know the components of abuse, right? Yes, if yes. that is happening, then they're, con- they're broken. So if when you're broken and you have voids in your life, you're going to try to fill those voids, mm-hmm. whether positive or negative. And most times it's going to be negative because they don't have the skills to understand how to break away and be stronger. To, to fill a void with a positive uh, influence, it, it takes skill mm-hmm. because you have to be stronger than the force that's bringing you down. In order to do that, you have to have those skills to to manifest that in your life. So most times it would be a negative influence would be, you know, doing something for the thrill of it, you know, drinking Mm -hmm. a beer, you know, trying to feel like you're whatever to numb your pain or your experiences. So those two factors, I think, influence the uh, peer pressure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think once again to the adults in the situation, I mean, we have to reinforce as much as possible the effect of bringing up children in the healthiest as possible home that we can possibly do that. And that will also play heavily in the choices that, you know, um, our children make down the line. And, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like one of the things is um, we find with high school kids is with the dating thing and the the peer pressure, you know, the guy might be saying, you know, if you love me and da, 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 you know, you will, you know, start having these sexual relationships with me. And at that point, the female has to make a choice, you know, um, is, is it that he really loves me? And, you know, should I succumb to this peer pressure and stuff like that? But if you have a very strong, supportive family structure, it might be easier for you to make that decision but if you have one that is with voids in it, that opportunity might fill a hole that you have, an emotional hole that you have, and you might go ahead and entertain what this, this young boy is saying to you. Yes, that's exa- I'm so glad you brought that topic up because 
there is something that I do say in my guest speaking roles, and I really make it clear mm-hmm. that guys use love to get sex, and mm-hmm. girls use sex to get love. Mm-hmm. So once the guy it tells the girl, I love you, and the girl is not feeling love, you know, purely, unconditionally from her family, then she's going to think, oh, he loves me. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's wonderful. And then, okay, so I'm going to give him sex so he loves me more. So the guy is getting what he wants because he's learned the game. Mm-hmm. Guys learn the game really quickly. Mm-hmm. Tell the girl what they what they need to hear to get what I want. When I'm done with her, I'm done with her. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, so basically these are broken people creating, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a, not a good situation. And the outcome is broken babies, higher pregnancy rate, you know, public mm-hmm. assistance and, and all of that. And when I was taught, well, excuse me, taught, <laughs> I was right. teaching, everybody makes mistakes, right? That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. We're entitled. When I was teaching at Farrington High School, some of the uh, girls there, you know, they were telling me that, well, he took me to McDonald's, and that means I owe oh, him a wow. sexual favor. And I said, oh, no. I said, well, you have a right to say what happens with your body, okay, first of all. And secondly, if he's taking you out to McDonald's, the purpose of dating, I wish we could go back old school ways, because the purpose was to get to know somebody, to do mm-hmm. something in common, to find hobbies and interests that you like to do and share it with another person. It wasn't about, I'm going to do this, and then you, you need to give me that. It mm-hmm. wasn't the mentality, you know, back then, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I wish that that could happen. So they would tell me these things, you know, and so I was teaching them how to empower themselves and to say no. And so one of these, one uh, student, a female student, told me that, you know, her definition basically of success was, well, if I have my own baby, that's somebody that I can love, and then mm-hmm. I can have my own apartment in public housing. And at my wow. own food stamp. And that was where her self-esteem was. Like, to her, if she achieved that, then she would be successful. And that was her definition of her self-worth and the path that she was on. So I wow. guided her to kind of realize that don't maybe a better choice would be to finish high school, get educated, go to college, choose a career that you're passionate about, earn your own income, get mm-hmm. into a healthy you know, committed relationship, get married maybe, you know, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. bring a child into the world that you can afford mm-hmm. to provide for instead of relying on the state. I, I said, listen, this is very hard because you don't have an example to follow. And mm-hmm. I'm not standing here putting your parents down because mm-hmm. your parents are doing what they know. But you have the opportunity right now because you've learned other skills and mm-hmm. you can make changes for yourself and the next generation, because you bring that child up in that environment, they they don't have any other choice but to follow what you've said. Okay. So they're not going to Les- go back to what your grand, what your mother did, which is the child's grand grandparent, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Miss Les, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I want you to finish that story when we come back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Today I am with 
the wonderful Miss Celeste. And before the break, I had to rudely cut her off, and I apologize for that, but we have to pay some bills, unfortunately, there. But you were talking about a young lady who um, you were guiding, and she had made a decision, or she had made the comment to you that um, what she wanted to do for herself, her goals and aspirations in life was to, you know, have a baby and then, you know, get on social services and public assistance. And, uh, you know, that's I hear that quite often with um, a lot of uh Unfortunately, I hear the story more than I would like to hear it. Let me just put it like that. Um, and you were in the process of talking her through that decision. And you were explaining to her that, you know, maybe your parents made that choice, but you have some other choices. You know, you can, you know, go to school, get a career, you know, wait until you're in a committed relationship and then bring a baby into this world that you can actually afford without any assistance. Um, just curious, how did that situation finally end up? Well, she started to learn that she was, you know, worth more than just, you know, having a baby and being mm-hmm. on that type of system. And then, you know, create a, a, a career plan for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then, you know what else I needed to do over there was to teach these teenagers that just because they start college at a community college does not equate failure. True. It's just a stepping stone. So a lot of times, you know, their attitudes were, I can't go to college because I can't get into the university because I don't have the score. Says, okay, mm-hmm. well, so I would stand in front of them and I said, so do you, and they go, and community college is just for, for, you know, people who are not smart and that's mm-hmm. just a failure. And I said, really? So I'm standing in front of you and do you think that I'm a failure? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, no, of course not. I go, so I started community college. There you go. I'm a product of that. They're like, really? I said, <laughs> Yes, I am, and it, there's nothing wrong with starting at community college. There you go. For a couple of years, get your basics in, build your skills, understand how it, you know, how the whole process works before you go to the university. I said I transferred into the uh, 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 the University of Hawaii at Manoa. I didn't mm-hmm. start there. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have the SAT scores. My reading level was so low that they don't even have the class anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? I said, yes. My reading level was so low when I first started. I started eighth grade reading level when I first went back to college. Wow. Eighth grade. They had a, a class called, it was English 9 and English 10 remedial <laughs> English courses. And so I Miss said, Celeste, I had no room for me. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, come on. And, I, and look where I'm at now. I'm a published author. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, don't let that define and, and, you know, deter your path because you think you can't do it. It took a lot of hard work. I had to build my, build my vocabulary skills. I had to learn how to speak in a different language. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in a different level of, you know, of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not a different language, but in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the reading, you know, I had to build my reading skills up and everything. I mean, it's a process, but... At community college, they will meet you where you're at, not tell you where you need to be, like at the university level. So you're able to build your skills back up. So, yeah, so they went on to start at, you know, a community college and hopefully continue to make good choices. I haven't been there since 2010. So hopefully they went on to make some, you know, great choices for themselves. But, yeah, it was an experience, but... You know, I wear a uniform when I do my guest speaking roles, and I wear a black uh, polo shirt mm-hmm. with my Teen Wise logo embroidered in gold 
And mm-hmm. it was really funny because it was getting to the point where now I would walk on campus, the boys were like, there is that teen wise lady. I'm not giving them what they wanted anymore. Oh, you know, and you mentioned something, and I, I wanted to comment, but I got sidetracked. I think one of the the girls you said she said, "Well, he bought me McDonald's. I owe him something." And the the lesson that I would like to take away for girls and young boys is, if he buys you McDonald's, technically the only thing you owe him back is some more McDonald's. That's all you got to give back if you have to give anything. So you know, um, you don't have to give of your body. You don't have to expect the person's body just because you bought him a Happy Meal with some you know fries or something like. That. that doesn't even equate. So, you know, um, I would hope that somewhere that understanding comes across. So, you know, not only teen boys see the lady with her black and gold shirt and, you know, not get it. I'm not getting any anymore. Well, at least we'll give you a McDonald's meal. That's what we'll do. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. And there she is. Ah, too funny. So real quick before we get out of here, I want to do, I do want to mention that you've got, uh, something, some other things going on here now. This Teen Wise television show, uh, when do you expect for that to be out? Uh, that's a local, that's going to be a local show. It's going to probably be out by next summer. Okay. And what, what is that about real quick? Oh, that is basic, I'm sorry. That's Basically, all right. it's going to be, um, a dramatizations of the examples in the book. So, because teenagers learn from different levels, you know, different different venues, different ways. So, we're going to create different episodes and basically, you know, have an example illustrated, and then the, what choice did, did they make, and then and then actually see how they uh, accepted the consequence or benefit for the choice. Oh, I see. So, you know, it'll be skits on, you know, how to deal with somebody offering you a cigarette or if somebody's trying to get, okay, okay, understandable. Okay. Now, how do people, um, how do people pick up a copy of your book? Uh, The website, my website address is teenwisebook.com. And of course, I'm on amazon.com, but there's a book order tab right on the website that links straight to the Amazon page. And as well as, the national essay contest, and I also have a nonprofit discount program for okay. educators or any nonprofit organization who wishes to use the books as curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get it at a discounted rate. Oh, okay. So your public school system can go ahead and buy these books in yes. bulk and, and use. Okay, okay. Public, private, uh, any kind of church organization or youth group, or even correctional facilities have used it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff. And um, you also hold workshops right now. Currently, they're being held in Hawaii. But you are you open to traveling and, and conducting your Teen Wise workshops um, in other cities and states? Yes, definitely. In the probably, I would say I probably start traveling uh, in May of next okay. year. I have commitments for the next six months right here in Hawaii. So around in May, I'm going to start traveling, doing workshops. Incorporate it with my television interviews on national shows. Okay. Sounds good. I love the stuff that you're doing. Love the stuff you're doing. Much needed. Much needed. Um, I don't think people understand how important it is for us to lay a good pathway for the future generation. Without that guidance, they will be lost. And um, 
that's not going to be a good look for not only us because we're going to need them to take care of us, but also for the potential that they could possibly reach. So it's it's good work for, that you're doing. Very good work to, for you. We are at the end of the hour here. My guest today has been Miss Celeste. Uh, please visit her website, Teen wisebook.com Miss Celeste, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I wish you um, continued success. Thank you so much, Lana. Have a great day. Thank you. This That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I will see you all next week.